Well, good morning. It's good to be with you today. Is everybody excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. Listen, it feels like it's been like a year since Easter to me. Like this week has been so crazy. Um, but I wanted to report to you something, tell you something that, that happened over the weekend. We had um, what's called credentialing weekend here on Southwest Ohio District. And so basically what that is, is all of the, the ministers who um, have been going through the process of ordination go to the campground and basically uh, Friday all day and all night and then Saturday all day and into the evening. We did interviews and, and heard stories and worship together. And so I wanted, I wanted to share that with you just to let you know that, that we have people here that are involved in that process and, and I want you to hear what's happening. So um, we had two here in our, our church who are going through that process who are applying for a first time district license. So the process would be you would get a local license from the church and then you would get a district license that's given by the district, and then you work through um, your years of experience and classes, and then you, um, you celebrate ordination, which happens at district assembly this summer. And so we have two that were applying for first-time licenses, and that's Alexis Church and Kaylin Vogelman, and they passed and they got them, so that's good. And... And then we have Pastor Rick right up here who has been going through the process already, already has his district license and it was renewed, so that's good. And then we have two people that are a part of our church that are already ordained, Pastor Young Duck Kim um, and Pastor Scott Mishler right here who have already been ordained in other denominations and the process is that they, they go through this and then we accept their ordination and acknowledge them as ordained in the Church of the Nazarene as well. And so both of them will be ordained or accepted, acknowledged as ordained this summer at District Assembly. So that's pretty awesome. But, but I want to say this, like it was, um, it was a crazy week. I mean, we had just meeting after me. Every night, it seemed like I'd, I rarely got home before 10 o'clock this week, and it just was all these meetings. And so I'll be honest with you, Friday, Saturday was kind of like, I got to go to the campground all day and be in meetings. But, but can I just tell you that, that while we were in those meetings and hearing testimonies of the way that God has called and worked, like the Spirit just showed up. And can I just tell you this morning that, I mean, even in the ordination interviews, like Scott, when you were up there and, and the interview was happening, like there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Like all of these pastors were just in tears because the spirit was moving. And I tell you all that to say this, the same spirit, the same God is with us today. And God's spirit is moving. And, and here's what I want us to, to hear today is that God's word is for each and every one of us. There's nobody in here that, that this word is not for. Today we're really going to be talking about repentance and baptism. But listen to me, even if those are things you've already experienced, God's word is for you today. So I want to ask you to open up your heart and open up your mind, hear God's word, and respond to it today. So, so here's last week on Easter, uh, we, we talked about the fact that the, the death of Christ on the cross paid for our sins. It gave us forgiveness, but the resurrection from the dead gives us power over sin and death. So we as followers of Christ do not have to live under the power of sin and death. We can be freed from that. 
This week, we're going to kind of back up a little bit, and I want to talk about the beginning of this process. So, so today, we're going to be looking at Acts 22, and, and this is a pretty, um, it may be familiar to some of you that have been around the church for a long time, um, but it's the story of Paul or Saul's conversion. So let me explain that really quick. There's a man named Saul, and he was not living for the Lord, and then he was converted, and after his name became Paul, and he went on to write like a fourth of our Bible. And so, so this is, today we're looking at Acts 22, and this is Saul, Paul's conversion. Please be graceful with me. It's really hard to know when to call him Saul and when to call him Paul. So just, you know, you can laugh at me, you can point at me if you want, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. Um, but we're looking at his conversion, and really what we're seeing in Acts 22 is Paul recounting the events of his conversion. So let me set the stage for us really quick. Um, Paul has been a missionary now. God changed his life, and now he's a missionary for the gospel. He's going around preaching. Before this, you'll see in the scripture that, that, that Saul was against the gospel, and he was persecuting Christians, and, and he, he was against that and really was a terrible, terrible guy. But God changed his heart, and then he became for the gospel and started one of the greatest missionaries, the greatest missionary to ever walk the face of the earth is, is Paul. And so, so he became a missionary for the gospel. And so he's been traveling around and, and he's getting ready to go into Jerusalem. In Acts 22, he has, he has entered into Jerusalem. In Acts 21, his friends say, hey, hey, Paul, people aren't real happy that you're preaching the gospel. The Jewish people really don't like that you're trying to convert people away, and there's all these lies being spread about you, so it may not be wise of you to go to Jerusalem. And Paul, I mean, he's bold. You can read it in, in his writings. He says, I'm going anyway. So he goes into Jerusalem, and he goes into the temple courts. Now, let me explain. There are certain temple courts that are, are acceptable for Gentiles, non-Jewish people, to go into. But there are certain ones that only Jewish people can go into. You're not allowed in there unless you are Jewish. And, and they protected that like, like to the death. If you went in there, you desecrated the temple and, and could be put to death for that. And so, so Paul goes into the temple and they grab him and they arrest him and they drag him out and they shut the doors behind and they begin to beat Paul, because they believe he is desecrating the temple. They believe he's an imposter. And so, so this is what I really love about Acts 22. He's been dragged out. He's been beaten. Now he's been arrested. It says when they arrested him, they had to carry him to keep him from being hurt by the people because everyone was so mad at him that they were trying to hurt him. So they arrested him and carried him through to keep him safe, but they were going to put him in jail. And so, so Paul stops him. And Paul says, hey, can, can I have just a second to talk? And they say, well, you don't really have a right to do that. And he says, no, I do have a right. You know, I'm a Jewish man from a Jewish city. And so they say, okay, we're going to let you talk. And Paul, who is being beaten and persecuted and arrested for preaching the gospel, you know what he does? He preaches the gospel. <laughs> what better time than when you're being arrested for preaching the gospel to preach the gospel, right? But he does this in such a powerful way. And I want us to hear this today. He doesn't just preach some elaborate sermon. He tells his story. He tells his story. I, I want you to hear this today. There's never a bad time to share your faith or to share the gospel. 
And one of the best ways you can share your faith is to tell what God has done for you. You're going to see that. This is what he's doing is he's telling the story of how God has changed his life. So we're going to start in Acts 22, verse 3. It says, then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are here today. I persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priests and all the council themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. So I'm going to stop right there. Paul is telling his story, and he starts by saying, hey, I am just like all of you. I was just like all of you. I was a Jewish man. I was faithful. I was against the way. So all these people are beating him, arresting him, persecuting him because he has turned to the gospel, the way to be a follower of Christ. And he says, hey, I was just like all of you. I used to beat people and have people killed and have people arrested for following the gospel. What a powerful way to address these people. I mean, they're angry but all of a sudden, they start to really listen. Verse 6, about noon, I, as I came near to Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I ask? I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking. So Paul, what shall I do, Lord? I ask. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand to Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight and at that very moment, I was able to see him. So, so we have two things happening. The first part of the story is the old life. This was his old way. He says, I used to be like all of you. I was against the gospel. I was against followers of Jesus. And then he describes his conversion, his confrontation with Jesus. He's on his way, and he gets stopped by this great light, and he's blinded, and he hears the voice of Jesus Christ say, why are you against me? Why are you persecuting people? Why do you work against me? And Saul realizes that the way he's been living this whole time is the wrong way. And he realizes in that moment he's confronted by Jesus Christ, by the God of the universe, by the Savior of the world. He's confronted and he realizes that the way he used to live is the wrong way to live. And so he says, what shall I do, Lord? Where shall I go? Let, let me start by saying this. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about repentance and we're going to talk about baptism. Repentance is kind of a churchy word. I'm going to explain in a minute. But, but what we see here is his repentance. 
that he realizes the way he's been going is the wrong way. He encounters the holy God and he turns to move the right way. Ask you a question. I know that probably a lot of people in here have already experienced this moment where you've been living the way you thought you should. In fact, in the, in the ordination interviews yesterday, one of the guys said, I tried it my way, I did it my way, but I realized when I encountered Jesus that that way was wrong and I turned. Let me ask you a question. Have you been confronted by Jesus Christ? Have you been confronted by the holy God to realize that maybe you've been, there may be some people in here who are still living for the way they want to live. And, and at some point, and my prayer is that maybe today through God's word, you will have an encounter with God and he will say, hey, that way is not the right way. Turn and follow I want you to hear today that that God is still working. Yesterday in those interviews, there were stories of how God has called people just like God called Saul to change, to repent. In first service, we baptized people who have repented and changed. God is still in the business of doing this. This isn't just an old Bible story. God still wants to change the hearts and lives of people who are going down the wrong path. And all it takes is an encounter with the holy God and repentance. I I had a friend in South Carolina, his name was Steve. And Steve was like, he looked like Hulk Hogan. I mean, he had the handlebar mustache, and he, I mean, he looked just like Hulk Hogan, maybe not as strong, Um, but Steve was just this rough guy. He had this deep voice, and Steve's past was really, 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 really bad. Um, For a long time in, in his life, even after he was married, he was into, like, heavy drug use, And this will tell you kind of how bad it got. There was one day that his wife was nagging him. I think I've told you the story before. I'm sorry for repeating it. But there was was a day that his wife was nagging him about cutting the grass. And Steve was, was, had been doing drugs that day. And he was getting so sick of hearing his wife complain about the grass that he got up and he got a can, a gas can and he went outside and he covered the grass in gasoline and set it on fire and burned all the grass off of his front, front lawn. That's pretty messed up, isn't it? Like, you got to be, you know, in a pretty bad place to take that step. But Steve would tell the story when we were there in South Carolina that one day he was at work and he knew that the way he had been going was the wrong way, but he didn't know what to do and his life was so messed up. And one day he was at work and he saw a light in the sky in the shape of a cross and he had an encounter with the holy God that said, you need to follow me. And Steve turned, and Steve is one of the sweetest men you will ever meet because God changed his heart. Listen to me, God is still changing hearts. If there's anybody in here that today that's been living down, I don't care how, what kind of wrong you've done, I don't care how far you've gotten. We said this last week at Easter, nobody is too far from the grace of God. And I believe today God wants to change some hearts and lives. I believe God wants us to turn back. And so Saul asks this question when when he experiences God, when when he realizes that that way is not the right way, he asks this question, and this is a really good question. He says, what shall I do, Lord? There may be some of you that have, have, you know, already turned, but maybe there's some of you that 
are in a place where you're just like, God, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know where to go. I don't know, I don't know what's next. Can I just tell you one of the best things you can do is ask this question, Lord, what shall I do? Sometimes we, we're too stubborn. Sometimes we wanna figure it out ourselves. Paul says, what shall I do, Lord? What shall I do? So I want you to stand with me for the word. I didn't make you stand through all of that. I'm going to make, this is just really short. We're going to read um, verse 14 through 16. And this is what Ananias says to him. So, so he says, what shall I do, Lord? And he's led by his friends because he's blinded um, to a house. And then Ananias comes. God has been leading Ananias to come to him. And here in verse 14, it says, then he said, Ananias said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now... And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. You can have a seat. So, so Saul's been living life his own way. He's been doing it his own way. He has this conversion experience, this moment where he's called to turn and be obedient to God. So he turns and is obedient and follows God. And Ananias, who God has brought to speak to him, says, it's time for you to get up to go and be baptized. So, so I, I want to start. It doesn't say this word in here, but it says it throughout Scripture. When we see the words um, baptized, usually it's preceded by, by another word, and that's repent. Repentance. That's a, a church word, but let me tell you what repentance means. Repentance means I've been going this way, I've been living this way, and I realize that's wrong. I realize it. I know it. But I don't just know it. I turn to God. I turn and live a new way. And so we see that from Saul. He's, he's literally going to persecute Christians and to work against the gospel, and he has the encounter with God, and he repents, and he turns, and he follows God's calling, the voice of Jesus. So that's repentance. Turn from your ways. Acknowledge that your ways were wrong. Know God and turn and follow and be obedient to God's ways. And so, so Saul turns. He went from persecuting the way, they use the term the way, persecuting the gospel and followers of Christ to proclaiming the way. I want you to see the change. This, we, this is raised to life Sunday. This is new life Sunday. When you turn from your old ways, from your old life, you are changed, you are redeemed, and you have new life. And so Saul literally is working against the gospel He's changed, he repents, and now he's working for the gospel. I told you, he's one of the greatest missionaries to ever walk the face of the earth. He turned. He said, what shall I do? So, so repentance, listen today. If there's anybody in here that hasn't had that moment, that confrontation, there is a better way there is a God that loves you. There is a God that wants to walk with you. And the way that you've been doing it that's messed up, that's chaotic, that, that doesn't work, there's a God that loves you and calls you today to turn and follow him. There is a better 
way. So repent. Maybe some of you here today, the step that you're going to hear from God, the thing that you're going to hear is that it's time to repent. My prayer is that we will be obedient to God's word today. So he says, what shall I do? He follows. And then what follows his repentance, his obedience? It's Ananias saying, hey, now it's time to get up, go be baptized, and call on the name of the Lord. See, see, when we hear the word repent in Scripture, usually it's followed by the words baptized. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. In Acts 2, in, in the time of Pentecost, this is when the people were experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit showed up, and, and Peter replied, verse 38 of Acts 2, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So repent, turn, and then be baptized. Today we're going we're gonna to celebrate the sacrament of baptism we're going to celebrate repentance and obedience and baptism. What's the next step when we repent? Well, one of our next steps is to be baptized. Saul has turned. He's being obedient. And the next step for him is to be baptized. Now, let's talk about what is baptism. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here talking about what is baptism. And then I want to invite you all to respond I'm going to read from the Church of the Nazarene Manual. This isn't something we do a lot, but, but I want you to hear what our church believes about baptism. Baptism is a means of grace proclaiming faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior. It is to be administered to believers indicating their full purpose of obedience and holiness and righteousness. So what this is saying is baptism is our proclamation that we are following Christ, that God is changing our life. Now, let me tell you what you didn't just hear me say, because I want us to get this and know this. Baptism is not the tool by which we are saved. Baptism in itself, going into the water, coming out, is not our salvation. We believe that the second you turn, you realize that you've been going the wrong way, and you trust God and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, that you are saved. So, baptism is not salvation. It's a sign, it's a proclamation of what God has done and what God is going to do in our lives. So the question is, and the question you might be asking right now is, okay, if baptism doesn't save me, why should I be baptized? I've got three reasons for you. Number one, baptism is an act of obedience. Over and over again in Scripture, we are told that we are to repent and be baptized. When we choose to follow Christ, one of the next steps is for us to be baptized, to proclaim it, to be obedient to God's Word. And so baptism is about obedience. And before you sit here and say, well, that was for them, it's not for me, remember what we just read, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God would call. That word, all. Baptism is a next step for all 
those that God calls. So we've got repentance, we've got turning, we've got accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. He saves us, but one of the next steps we take is we're obedient to be baptized. We are called to be baptized. If we are going to call ourselves followers of Christ, we have to be obedient to God's Word. Jesus, when He gave the Great Commission, said, go and make disciples, baptizing them. This is for you and I. We are called to be baptized. So, number one, we, we get baptized because we are obedient to the Lord. Paul asked, hey, what shall I do? The answer to that was, get up and be baptized. So, what did he do? Got up and was baptized. Number two, baptism is an act of faith. Baptism is us saying, all right, you've saved me, and I put my faith and my trust completely in you, and this is a, a statement, a proclamation of faith. So I, I was, anyone in here ever joined a biker gang? Do we have any biker gang people in here? Anyone really cool in here that I should really be getting to know? <laughs> so when you join a biker gang, I mean, you guys have watched the movies, right? And you've seen the shows and You've probably seen them riding around on their bikes. Like, what happens when you join a biker game? You, you, gang? You get a piece of clothing, right? You get the coat, and it has your gang on the back. In a way, baptism is our way of saying, I am a believer in Christ, and, and I'm, you're not joining a biker gang, but you're saying, I am God's child, and you're putting it on, you're putting on the coat and saying, here I am, and this is an act of faith that I will follow God. And now we are His people. Baptism is a proclamation and baptism is a sign of salvation and the new life that we have in Christ. Today is called Raised to Life Sunday. Baptism is a sign of the new life. We believe that when you go under the water, it's a sign of us dying to self, changing from our ways, and we come out, we have new life, and we are following Christ. We have new life, new identity. Just as Saul goes to Paul, it's like we have new life in Christ. So it's an act of faith. It's also a way that we participate. So we just had Easter and we talked about the resurrection, and we talked on Good Friday about the death of Christ on the cross. You know, when we take communion, we, we talk about His body and blood that was broken for us, and we, we participate in the act of communion. In baptism, we participate in the death and resurrection of Christ. You're not physically dying, but you're participating and you're experiencing an act, a proclamation of faith. So, number one, it's obedience. Number two, it's faith. Number three, it's a means of grace. It's a means of grace. Baptism is an act of worship, and we believe it's called a sacrament in the Church of the Nazarene. We have two sacraments, communion and baptism. And baptism is a sacrament, which means grace flows. So as we are baptized, as we are obedient to God, as we have put our faith and proclamation in God and we are baptized, we believe that God's grace is moving and flowing. So I told you, like Paul got arrested for preaching the gospel. And what did he do? He told his story. He shared his testimony. Baptism is a way that we 
We proclaim our story. This is a visual representation of what God has done and is doing in your life. And here's, we talked about this last week, baptism isn't just about forgiveness of sins. Baptism is about the cleansing of our sins. See, in baptism, God's grace is flowing, and we believe that that it's a symbol of the way God takes our old, corrupt selves, and we die to that, and we are raised to new life to be holy and like Jesus. Not that when you come out of this water, somehow you're perfect, but that this is a symbol that God is transforming us and changing us. So, I think there's probably three types of people here in the room, and I want us to hear, be obedient, and respond to God's Word today. We're going to do something a little bit different today. First off, I just want to start by saying this. There may be some of you in here that have never experienced repentance. You've never realized that your way is the wrong way and encountered the Holy God and turned to God, not just acknowledged it, but turned and said, Lord, I am yours. Listen, if that's you today, I want you to know you can keep going down your path, but it will not work. There is a God that loves you. There is a Savior, Jesus Christ, that loves you so much that he went to a cross and gave his life so that you could be forgiven. But more than that, he was raised from the dead so you could be free. And you don't have to live the way the rest of the world lives. You don't have to live in sinfulness and bondage. You can be free today. And so if there's anyone in here that hasn't encountered the holy God and given your heart, said, Lord, I want to follow you. Forgive me. What shall I do? I want to invite you to just pray with me in a second and offer your heart and your life to God. The second kind of person that's in here is maybe there's some of you that have repented. You have, a, you have the Lord as your Savior. You've been walking with Jesus Christ. But maybe you haven't been obedient and proclaimed your faith through baptism. Listen, today we usually don't do this, but, but today we're going we're gonna to open up baptism Because I believe that if we're responding to God's word today, then we need to be obedient. And maybe today there are some of you in here that have accepted Christ as your Savior, but you've never been obedient for baptism. Today, if that's you, when we sing this next song, Pastor Dale is going to be, Dale, perfect timing. He's going to be standing right here. And if you feel God calling you to be obedient in baptism, We want you during this next song to come down here and talk to Pastor Dale, and he will give you direction. Listen, we have clothes for you, okay? You don't have to just jump in and then get out and be all soaked the rest of the day. We have clothes for you. I want you to be obedient to God's calling. So if there's anyone in here that hasn't said yes to being baptized, to being obedient, I want to invite you during this next song to come up and to be obedient. And the third person that's probably in here, maybe you have already repented, you've already accepted Christ, you've already been baptized, but, but we've been talking about this over the last seven weeks, that surrender is a daily thing. So listen, maybe you have been walking with Christ for 40 years. Today, don't think that you're exempt from responding to God's word. Today, our response 
is to say, God, once again today, I am yours completely and to turn to God. So I want to pray. The worship team is going to come up. And listen, if you are feeling, I want you to ask this question today. This, there's a simple question that we, we saw in the text. What shall I do, Lord? What shall I do? And if there's anyone that that step is surrendering your heart and turning to God, I want you to just pray along with me and say, God, help me to turn to you. If you need to talk to someone, we've got pastors up here that would love to talk to you. Listen, don't miss out on an opportunity to hear from the Almighty God. If there's any of you that want to be baptized, come down during the song, and Dale will be right down here, and you can talk to him. Listen, if, there's, if there are children here that, that want to be baptized, I would just ask that your fam as a family, maybe just help them um, understand whether this is the time or not, and if you feel like it is, send them up here, and we will we'll talk with them through it and, and baptize. But then the third thing is I just want to ask every single one of us to hear from God today to ask the question, what shall I do? And to be obedient completely to his will. Father, I thank you for your grace that saves the worst of the worst like Saul. I thank you for your grace that saves the worst of the worst like me. Lord, you know that there were years that I tried to do it on my own. Lord, I thank you that I had an encounter with you. And today, if there's anyone in here that that maybe is having that encounter right now, Lord, I pray that they would just offer their heart and their lives to you. Just a simple prayer. Lord, forgive me for trying to do it my way. Be my Lord and Savior. Help me to follow you. What should I do? And Lord, maybe there's some people here today that, that you're putting it on their heart that it's time to be baptized. I pray that you would help us to be obedient. And I pray that every single one of us here today would, would be obedient to your calling, would completely surrender our hearts to you. And Lord, I pray that your grace would flow as we celebrate the sacrament of baptism, as we worship together now through baptism. In Jesus' name, amen.